Hello cats, welcome back to another episode of Chat About That. I'm your host Bella, and in this episode, I'm going to be chatting about Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore. chat about that I wanted to let you know that I don't have anything new to report in regards to George Floyd or Breonna Taylor and the cops that were involved in their murders and just because I don't have anything new to report doesn't mean that justice has been served and doesn't mean that we should stop talking about them and everyone else who has suffered injustices at the hands of police. So I am going to continue to include links to Black Lives Matter, Justice for Brie, and Justice for George Floyd in my show description. I also have been doing more research and trying to educate myself on other cases similar to George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, and I will um, talk about that a little bit more in the next episode. I also I also looked into the two films that were the original films that were shown at drive-in theaters. The films are called Bags of Gold and Wives Beware, and they're super old films from the 1900s. I couldn't really find much info on them, and I wanted to do some research on them just to see if there was anybody like really famous in them or if they, you know, were really well known, but really couldn't find much information on them. So just wanted to let you know that. (laughs) So that's it for the updates. And now let's get into the main topic for this episode. So I'm recording this episode on July 24th, the release day of Taylor Swift's new album, Folklore. And she surprised us yesterday on the 23rd with a brand new album. And she just announced that she had been working on this album Folklore during isolation. And I read in one source that she had been starting on this album in April. And these songs are a mix of personal experiences and then also, you know, fantasies and stories that she came up in her mind. She said that this album started with imagery and it's a collection of songs and stories that flowed like a stream of consciousness. And she had these visuals that popped into her mind and they really piqued her curiosity. And she just started writing songs. And a lot of them are actually through the perspective of some imaginary people and then some real life people as well. And once I get into the breakdown of each song, I'll go into a little bit more detail about that. But I do want to read a quote from her. And she says, In isolation, my imagination has run wild. And this album is the result. I've told these stories to the best of my ability with all the love, wonder, and whimsy they deserve. Now it's up to you to pass them down. And I'll link a couple of articles where you can learn a lot more detail and read her personal note about the album. I actually stayed up until midnight last night and, well, I guess midnight this morning, (laughs) and watched the music video for Cardigan, which is the second song off of the album. And it's a really beautiful song and I'll I'll get into it um, when I talk about the breakdown in a minute, but the music video starts off with her in this cabin and she's playing on piano and then the back of the piano starts you know smoking with this gold glittery ethereal sort of imaginary looking like glitter and (laughs) and she opens up the piano and that glitter and that smoke is you know popping out of the back of the piano and she goes inside of it and then she ends up in a forest and then there's a piano there and then she ends up going into this piano seat and then she ends up in this vast ocean this giant storm and there's a piano in the water and she's clinging onto the piano and then she goes inside the piano again and then she ends up back in the cabin so that's just a little bit of a breakdown of the of the music video for a cardigan but I'm seeing a lot of people online talk about how the 
piano in that scene where she's in the water and she's, you know, without the piano, she'd be drowning. And a lot of people have been saying, and I agree with this, that, you know, when her life is chaotic and, you know, there's nothing else to cling to, she can always cling to music to be her lifeline. And I think that's a beautiful metaphor. And, you know, she hasn't said anything specifically about it, but I, I definitely agree that's probably what that metaphor and that symbolism stands for. And I did stay up last night and listen to the whole album. And then I went to sleep because it was very late. <laughs> but I also listened to the whole album again this morning and I noticed different things and different aspects of the songs when I was listening to it again because on their first listen you're kind of just trying to you know get a feel of the album and the songs but then when you can go back and listen again and again you can you know actually really listen to the lyrics and really dissect the songs so I want to go over these songs and then I also want to read a couple of quotes from some different articles that are talking about the songs as well I'm really excited about this album because I've been following Taylor Swift since the beginning of her career and I've seen her many times in concert I've seen actually I've seen every tour of hers and I love when she plays acoustically I love when she just sits down with her guitar or her piano and she just sings from her heart and this whole album is really that I mean yes it's produced a bit but it's really minimal when it comes down to it and it's a lot of just piano and guitar and harmonica and you know, just, yes, it's mixed and produced, but it's it's very acoustic and very, you know, very calm music. And there's a couple of songs in the album that really do remind me of, you know, her her first album. It's some of them could very easily be on country radio. And, and I'm just very excited that she made an album that's very acoustic and very stripped down. So I want to go over the track listing. So the first song is The One. Next, we have Cardigan. Then The Last Great American Dynasty. Exile featuring Bon Iver. My Tears Ricochet, Mirrorball, Seven, August, This Is Me Trying, Illicit Affairs, Invisible String, Mad Woman, Epiphany, Betty, Peace, Hoax, and on the deluxe album, we have a song called The Lakes, which is not out yet. So I want to go over each of the songs and talk about them a little bit and really kind of break them down based on what I've concluded from listening to the songs and, you know, hearing a couple other people's um, opinions on the internet. <laughs> so the first song, The One, is about someone reminiscing on an old relationship where they didn't end up together, but thinking about what if we did? And, you know, you could have been the one. And I think it's a very beautiful song and it's a very nostalgic and it's a remembrance of, you know, your past relationships and your lost loves and wishing that, you know, wishing and thinking about what it would have been like to be with somebody. And I think it's a really beautiful metaphor. And I don't think this song necessarily has to be about a romantic relationship. I think that it could easily be about friendships or any sort of relationship where it didn't last. I've had relationships that didn't last and I think about you know what would it have been like if you know we stayed friends or we stayed together and I think that the lyrics in the song are just really beautiful and there's a lot of references to you know wishing and just reminiscing about a past love and some of the lyrics are but it would have been fun if you would have been the one. I think one of my favorite lyrics in the song is from the first verse it says I hit the Sunday matinee. You know, the greatest films of all time were never made. I think that's like a really beautiful line. And I mean, obviously I could spend hours just dissecting each and every one of these songs, but you know, I, I don't want to make this podcast 10 hours long. So I'm not going to go through like every single lyric of the song. And the song isn't blaming or 
angry. It's just, you know, what would have been if we were together? And I really like that because I don't think every song that's a reminiscing song about lost love has to be, you know, coming from a place of anger. I think it's, it's, this album is very mature. Not that her other albums weren't, but I think as she's grown and I think as she's, you know, had more relationships, she's able to articulate them in a different way. So this album is very, very much self-reflection and you know coming to different conclusions and not being afraid to say what's on her mind and I think this song is very very beautiful the second song on the album is cardigan which I talked about the music video and this song is also reminiscing on a love and you know thinking about how when she felt like she was being used and that she wasn't good enough someone took her in and told her that they loved her and the refrain of the song is and when I felt like I was an old cardigan under someone's bed you put me on and said I was your favorite and another great lyric is when you are young they assume you know nothing I think this is a really great line and it really speaks to her and and there's speculations that this song is one of the songs on the album that isn't about her life it's about you know a fictional one of the fictional characters and people within the album which i'll talk about later but you know i think that each of these songs there's pieces of her real life within them i don't think you know yes she she came up with these songs and and some of them are about these you know stories and things that she just came up with but i i think that she's very strategic about the way she writes and i do think that there are elements and you know callbacks to her life in every one of the songs so that line about when you're young they assume you know nothing is you know her whole life people have underestimated her but you can't always assume that people know something or don't know something just because of their age and this song is again I mean I'm gonna say this about every song because they're all so beautiful but I I really think that with this album she's really showcasing her songwriting skills and again I'm one of her biggest fans so obviously I'm gonna talk great about her and I always think that her songwriting is amazing but this album in particular I think is some of the best songwriting that she's ever done I mean cohesively on the whole album the songwriting is just so stand out and you know I love all of her songs but with every album there's like one or two where the songwriting is just like on fire you know and I I can pinpoint a song on every one of her albums that is just like the best written song on the album but all of these songs are like poems and they're just they're they easily could be poetry and I think her songwriting has really evolved over the years if this album is any indication of how phenomenal songwriter she is even if people aren't super big fans of her I think that they can look at these songs and listen to them and read the lyrics and really really realize how great of a songwriter she is the third song on the album is called the last great American dynasty and it's actually about the woman who used to own Taylor Swift's Rhode Island mansion and that house in Rhode Island is called holiday house And it's about a woman named Rebecca Harkness. And she was a patron of the arts and the founder of the Rebecca Harkness Foundation. And in 2015, Taylor bought um, that Rhode Island house that was once owned by Rebecca. So this song is not through the perspective of Rebecca, but it's it's through the perspective of Taylor. And she's talking about how Rebecca was new money and she, you know, came to this neighborhood and she, she had a husband and he passed away and it's just about how what would have been if she never came to this town and you know she was the maddest woman the town's ever seen and she had a marvelous time of ruining everything and I think that this song it's 
it's very like lighthearted and you know it's a very upbeat song and it's very fun and but I think that some of the lyrics are very sad and Taylor knows how to do that if you listen to the lover album there's a song on there called death by a thousand cuts and it's like the most like boppiest song it's like such a bop it's super like fun and just like really well produced and it's just such a good song but if you just read the lyrics it's so sad I think she's she's done that on so many of her songs and so many of her albums and this album is definitely like that as well and so you know in the ending of this song you're 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 kind of wondering in this song the first time you listen to it like what the hell is this song about (laughs) is this like one of the made-up characters that she's thought about and then at the um, end of it she's talking about how this is the lyrics it says holiday house sat quietly on that beach free of women with madness their men and bad habits and then it was bought by me so it's kind of going back to that blank space mentality where you know people think that taylor is this you know crazy woman and she loves men and she has all these like you know she's running around with men all the time and she's just like crazy and 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 the woman who used to own this house rebecca you know had that same reputation as well so i think it's i think it's a really well-written song and it's it's one of my favorites on the album the fourth song on the album is called exile and it's featuring bon iver who i don't really think i've listened to too many songs by him but he has a beautiful beautiful voice and he sounds great with taylor their voices mix absolutely beautifully and this song describes two ex-lovers like seeing each other for the first time after a breakup and how there's confusion over how the relationship ended and both sides express you know this same sense of loss and and sadness from the breakup but there's a miscommunication on you know what actually happened in the relationship and that they're you know songs called exile because they're they're in exile from the people that they used to be with they're in exile from each other and that lyric is you were my town now I'm in exile seeing you out one of my favorite lyrics in this song is I think I've seen this film before and I didn't like the ending and I think that describes you know being in a relationship and knowing that it's not going to end well and knowing that there was destruction on both sides and you know you saw it coming and you you've seen it before you you know how that kind of relationship is going to end again I think this song is is beautiful it's 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 kind of a heartbreaking song but it's so well sung and and I think it's a really good song to listen to and to think about you know when you think about relationships ending again yes this is definitely more about like a loving relationship like a romantic relationship but again I think a lot of these songs can be interpreted in different ways and this song can definitely be interpreted as a you know friendship as well because when people fall out with each other there's two sides to every story and you're exiled from from people that you used to know again I think this this is a beautiful song I've said that about every song so far but this is just absolutely gorgeous and um it was actually written in collaboration with Bon Iver and William Bowery the next song track five which if you are a Swifty you know that track five has always been like some of Taylor's best work on albums and this song is called My Tears Ricochet and she says that this song is about an embittered tormentor showing up at the funeral of his fallen object of affection so it's about you know someone who's hurt somebody else showing up at their funeral and it's written from the perspective of the person who has died and they're talking to their abuser they're talking to the person that has hurt them and um again it's one of those songs that's beautifully written but so sad and it's just but so sad and i think it just speaks about 
pain and why are you here when you've hurt me so bad? And one of my favorite lyrics in this song is, and if I'm dead to you, why are you at the wake? You know, it's like, why why even bother coming to see me at my worst when you you were the one who killed me and you're the one who who caused me all this pain track six is called mirror ball which i really like this song it, it this this song has a very different vibe than the other songs it fits in with the rest of the album none of the songs feel out of place but this one has a very different um vibe and it's it's mixed differently than some of the other songs and she's comparing herself to a disco ball or mirror ball and she sees herself reflecting off of other people and their personalities and she's the one in the center of the room she's the one entertaining people but she's broken and she's shattered because if you know what a disco ball looks like it's made up of tiny pieces of glass that all come together to make this beautiful thing but it's broken and she says when i break it's in a million pieces and i'm a mirror ball i'll show you every version of yourself tonight spinning on my highest heels shining just for you i'm just reading some of the lyrics because this is one of my favorite songs on it on the album as well and it's you know she's she's broken in a million pieces but she's the center and she reflects on everybody else and and you know people look up to her people see her for as this beautiful thing but she's actually broken and again these songs have such beautiful lyrics but they're all like kind of sad when you think about them not all the songs are sad but you know when you really think about the lyrics and really dissect them they can be very very sad and but still beautiful and I think that this album has some of her most unique lyrics because she doesn't really use typical wording she uses a lot of different you know synonyms for for things you know instead of saying like beautiful she'll she'll say like magnificent or like I mean that's not one of the lyrics but (laughs) she just she uses a lot of different poetic lyrics and poetic wording in this album track number seven is called seven you know she she's clever (laughs) and this one's actually about um I'm not sure if this is one of the thought up characters or it's actually about a childhood friend but it's basically about being friends with someone who has a really hard life and they you know quote hit their peak at seven when everything was you know still magical and they were still innocent and she's reflecting back on how that innocence didn't allow for her to see all the really bad things in life and how she loved this person and you know they were a good friend to her or possibly a crush it's not entirely clear if this is a friend or a crush that she had but it's about how you know this person had a bad life, a bad home life, and let's how she talks about how she wants them to come live with her, and they can be you know best friends forever, and they they that person doesn't have to cry, they can they can be with her and they can be happy. This person's like wanting Taylor to remember them as as young and innocent. Track number eight is called August, which someone online pointed out that August is the eighth month of the year. So again, Taylor just coming in with you know her being super clever, <laughs> and this one's about reminiscing on a relationship that happened during the month of August and it seems from the lyrics that these people were together during the summer between school and they weren't actually supposed to be together it seems like the person that Taylor is talking about in this song has a girlfriend or has a boyfriend and they're having this kind of secret like 
romance in August and talking about how August slipped away and it was just a moment in time and this, that this person wasn't hers to have, but she's still remembering it and, and, you know, remembering this time that she had with them. And this song is another one, sad lyrics, sad concept, but wrapped up in this beautiful, happy bow. <laughs> Again, kind of like Death by a Thousand Cuts, but it's just, it's, and you know, they're reminiscing on being with this person and caring so much about them and loving them, but they're, they weren't theirs to have. It was just a fling, but doesn't mean that it wasn't something. Track number nine is called This Is Me Trying. And it's about her coming to talk to somebody and trying to repair a relationship and accepting that she did something wrong, but at least she's coming and trying to make a difference. And she's trying to repair the relationship. And, you know, she's talking about how she doesn't really know what to say, but she's there and she's trying to make things better. And that there were a lot of things standing in the way of healing. You know, she talks a lot about, you know, drinking and feeling that she's failed and she wasn't able to cope with all of this, but she's coming to that person's door and trying to make a difference. And this is a song that I feel like you could send somebody that you've hurt and it like perfectly explains the situation. It kind of reminds me of Back to December off of her Speak Now album where she's talking about a previous relationship and she's talking about how like how she did that person wrong. She's talking about like at least she's trying to make an effort to make things better. Track number 10 is called Illicit Affairs and I think you can tell by the title what this song's about and it's about and it's about two people who are having this affair and it's beautiful but it's dangerous and they know that it's not going to last and they know it's not going to end well but that doesn't mean it's not beautiful. It doesn't mean it's not something. And they recognize that there's this high and this, you know, sort of beauty that comes with a relationship like that, but they know that it's going to end in heartbreak. And the chorus is, and that's the thing about illicit affairs and clandestine meetings and longing stares. It's born from just one single glance, but it dies and dies and dies a million little times. You know, you know that this isn't going to end well and you know that it's gonna end in heartbreak but you want to do it anyway and you know she's talked about cheating and talked about this topic before but this is sort of the first time where she's been on the other end and she's been the one that's been in this you know frowned upon relationship and again this song could be one of the stories that she's come up with or it could be you know pieces of from her real life and at the end of the song it really dwindles down to her becoming this mess and and it's it, it all crashes down and it's she's been ruined and she knew that this was going to happen because it's it's an affair, but you know, they, they just had to do it anyway. And then there's there's some kind of beauty in that in a sense. And I'm not condoning cheating or, or affairs or anything, but I think that this song really speaks the truth. And you know, yes, you could be doing something wrong, but you can recognize the beauty in it. Track number seven is called Invisible String, and this is probably one of my top three favorite songs on the album. I definitely think this song is about her. It's about how she's been searching for love, and then she's found it, and she realizes that there was this invisible string tying them together their whole lives, pulling the two people together and bringing them together. And it's it's a very beautiful song because I think that that is something that a lot of people think about. You know, there's this invisible force that brings 
brings people together that are supposed to be together. And I definitely think this could be a wedding song alongside Lover because it's it's very romantic and it's we were meant to be and and we were drawn together by this invisible force. And my favorite lyric from this song is in verse two and it says, bad was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA which references her song Bad Blood saying that saying that her lover heard bad blood when he was coming to LA and you know that was the era that she was in when he came closer to her and then my other favorite line is in there I guess first the whole verse too is my favorite so I guess I'll read the whole verse. Um, this is some of my favorite um, lyrics on the whole album. So she says, Bad was the blood of the song in the cab on your first trip to LA. You ate at my favorite spot for dinner. Bold was the waitress on our three-year trip getting lunch down by the lakes, which I think is going to be a reference to the song The Lakes later. And then the last line is my favorite. She says, She said I look like an American singer which definitely alludes to the fact that she went to this favorite little spot and the waitress thought that she was Taylor Swift, but didn't know that she was Taylor Swift, which I think is very funny. Again, this is another reason why I think um, this song is actually about her, her real life. And it's, it's just such a sweet song and people, you know, are tied together by an invisible force. And, and then in the beginning of the song, she talks about how she was at Centennial Park and she, you know, used to think that she would meet somebody there, um, but she never did. And then at the end of the song, she talks about how she took her lover to Centennial Park. So it, it all loops together and definitely, this is definitely one of my favorite songs on the album. Track 12 is called Mad Woman. And I think this is a about Rebecca from The Last Great American Dynasty and I think it's about her because in that song she does mention how Rebecca was mad quote quote and she was crazy but I also think that this song could also be about some of Taylor's experiences as well so that's why I don't think these songs are necessarily either just these stories that she came up with or about her life. I think she's kind of mixed them together. And this song is about how how this woman is known as, you know, crazy and and, you know, this outcast in this town and how people outcast her and how people came up with these conclusions about her. And one of the lyrics in the song that I think is very, very true is, and women like hunting witches too. Meaning that men aren't the only ones who outcast women and call them crazy and create these faux reputations of them. Women also hurt other women too. And I think that's very important. And, you know, this also goes back to Taylor's been hurt by not just men calling her crazy, but also other women. And some of my favorite lyrics in the song are, does a scorpion sting when fighting back? They strike to kill, and you know I will. So it's talking about how just because people think she's crazy, she's not going to just sit there and take it. And there's also lyrics where she's talking about how when someone calls her crazy, she gets more crazy. And when people say that she's angry, she gets more angry. And you poke this person and you edge this person on so much till they have to fight back but then when they do people turn it around and say that it's their fault this song also is the first song on the album where she says the f word and if you know taylor swift she's never said the f word in any of her songs and there is another song where she says the f word too but i the first time i heard it, i was like what like you, <laughs> you know that meme and a oop like <laughs> that i had an and a oop moment when i when i heard her say the f word the first time so um, I, I don't have any issue with her saying that because she's 30 years old and, and she's allowed to say what she wants in her songs. But I think that it's very telling of where Taylor is and her 
in her life and in her career where she's not holding back anymore and she's gonna write the lyrics that she wants and she's gonna say them and interpret them in any way that she wants. So this is definitely another one of my favorite songs on the album. Track number 13 is called Epiphany and I've only listened to it twice and I honestly don't think I will be able to listen to it again because both times I listened to it I was sobbing like a little baby and this song touches on Taylor's grandfather's experience when he was in the military and it says crawling up the beaches now sir I think he's bleeding out and there's lyrics like that that talk about her grandfather just being so affected by this war and you know there's things that he's not able to talk about because of it and then the chorus and and the other verses are about how there's people that are dying and there's things that they can't talk about and how when they're drifting off to death they have this epiphany and and they're trying to make sense of, of what they're seeing and also what they've seen in their life. And it's just, it's such a sad song. I really don't think I'm going to be able to listen to it. This is definitely up there on, there, there's actually, there's only like three songs of by Taylor that I, I can't really listen to. And this is, this is definitely one of them. So it's a, it's a beautiful song, but I, I really have a hard time listening to it. So probably we'll, we'll have to skip this one when I'm listening, but still very, very beautiful. But it's a skip just because it makes me sad. <laughs> Track number 14 is probably my favorite song on the album and it's called Betty. And I think that that this is everyone's favorite song based on what I've heard. <laughs> and it's through the perspective of a guy named James and he is talking to Betty and talking about how he's hurt her and he knows that he can't make up for what he's done and how he's hurt her and it's kind of alluding to um, him cheating on her or or not being faithful or you know just hurting her in some way and he is just speaking to Betty and saying I'm sorry that I hurt you and but what you heard and all the rumors they're true I did hurt you like this and if you don't want me to be with you and you don't want to ever see me again just let me know but I I just want you to know that I'm sorry and I and I really like this song because it's very happy and it's taking accountability for your actions which I think is very important and and this song also alludes back to Cardigan and people think that this song Betty Cardigan and all August are all about the same people that these this is you know this um the story all together so this this song definitely fits in with those other two songs this is also the other song on the album where she says the f word and she says the f word in the chorus so she says it more than once in the song which again I don't have a problem with that the narrator of the song James is 17 so I think it also fits in with teenagers and and that kind of stuff but again Taylor Swift is 30 years old. She doesn't have to censor herself anymore. And some of my favorite lyrics are in the chorus. It says, but if I showed up to your party, would you have me? Would you want me? Would you tell me to go F myself or lead me to the garden? And it's just, it's very beautiful. And this is a song that definitely could be on her first album. Maybe not with the F words because she, she didn't say that. She didn't, she didn't say the F word back in her first album. But <laughs> I think that this, this very, has a very reminiscent of um, Mary's song, which is on her first album. If you're an OG Taylor Swift fan, you'll know what that song is. But it, it's, you know, a very typical Taylor story song where she she's talking through the perspective of other people. And this is just, it's so catchy and I just absolutely love this song. And um, it's one of my favorite songs in the album, definitely. 
and um, she was chatting with people before um, the Cardigan music video came out. She was she was um, chatting and talking about um, things in the album, and she says that there is a collection of three songs I refer to as the Teenage Love Triangle. These three songs were a love triangle from all three people's perspectives at different times in their lives. So that's what um, Cardigan, Betty, and August are. That's the the love triangle. So people people kind of piece that together. But Betty is definitely one of my favorite songs, probably my favorite off the album. Track number 15 is called Peace. And I think that this is a song about her. And she's describing her life and how she's changed over her life. And she's talking to a lover. And would it be enough if I could never give you peace? She's praising this person for being able to put up with all of the craziness that comes with her life. And I also think it could be a lost love too. I think a lot of these songs are about lost loves. But she's talking about how how people think that their love isn't real but she would die for them and talking about how there's just there's danger everywhere and there's there's always going to be uncertainties with being with her and she can never really give this person peace but would that be enough to to stay with them i think it it kind of reminds me of um dancing with our hands tied from reputation where she has this reputation and and people are always going to be looking at them but you know this person stayed to be with her Again, this song could also be about a lost love too, but I I do think this is about her real life. Track number 16 is called Hoax. This is the final track on the album, and she's talking about how she went through a really bad relationship and that she was really driven to hopelessness by this person and she's really not able to let go of this relationship and some of the lyrics are your faithless loves the only hoax i believe in don't want no other shade of blue but you no other sadness in the world would do and she's talking about how she knows that this person's hurt her but she she wants to be with i think this is a beautiful song to end on and and it definitely fits in with the themes of the album so that is all of these songs on the album i do want to read um from some quotes from what Taylor has said about this album. A tale that becomes folklore is one that is passed down and whispered around, sometimes even sung about. The lines between fantasy and reality blur and the boundaries between truth and fiction become almost indiscernible. Speculation over time becomes fact. Myths, ghost stories and fables, fairy tales and parables, gossip and legend, someone's secrets written in the sky for all to behold. So I think that that really um, goes back to what I was saying, how where she says the lines of fantasy and reality blur, where I think that a lot of the songs where they're the ones that are like these these made up characters in her head, you know, those songs also have insights into her own life and also have, you know, motifs of things that she's actually experienced. So I don't necessarily think that all of the songs are either just one or the other. I think that, you know, she's mixed things within the songs. Again, like I've ranted on about this, um, I think that this is her best written album so far. And just, you can really hear how beautiful her voice is. You can really see how much she's grown and how much her songwriting ability has, you know, really just transformed over time she is such a phenomenal songwriter and and this album is such a testament to that i think that it's so cool that she wrote this during isolation because there's a lot of themes to that to feeling isolated and and to to wanting to talk to people but not being able to and i just think it's it's really just 
so phenomenal. I'm not sure if they're even doing the Grammys next year because of COVID. I know they cancel the Oscars. That's a whole nother conversation. But if this album does not get nominated for album of the year, I, I'm just going to give up <laughs> completely. I mean, Lover wasn't nominated for album of the year, which was freaking stupid. And um, if this doesn't get nominated or win any awards, I will be, I, I just will have given up on award shows altogether and just never watch any of them or even care about them ever again. This album is such a testament to her ability for songwriting, her maturity, her growth as a musician, and really showing that when you just strip down music to its basic elements, just very minimal mixing and just really strong vocals, you know, you don't need all of the glitz and glam that comes with with music. And and yes, I love pop music and I love produced music, but you know, this just shows how talented she is and how how she's really grown over the years. I think it's really awesome that she, you know, just surprised us with this. You know, she if you've been following her like I have, you know that she loves to lead up to her albums and and do teases and, you know, you know, release a couple of songs before the album, but this you know, she really just let us have and let us have this moment. And I really like when artists do that. I know Beyonce a couple years ago just dropped an album out of the blue and people were like, what? This is crazy. So I think it's really special that she just decided to come out with this album and just let us have it and let us enjoy it. That is it for this episode. I hope you enjoyed me talking all about Taylor Swift's new album and just being a total nerd about it. Um, sorry if I was a little rambly when I talk about Taylor Swift, I just ramble on and on and can never shut up. Honestly, didn't really know how to end this podcast because I just want to keep talking about her. <laughs> but like I said in the beginning of this episode, please check out the links in the episode description for Justice for George Floyd, Justice for Brie, and Black Lives Matter. And you can also find links to Taylor Swift's website and a couple of articles talking more about the album. Thank you for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. Like always, stay safe, stay classy, and I will chat again with you soon. Goodbye. <laughs>